0: Three hours of pushing, the doctor was like, You know, baby's not really dropping. I think we might need to do a C section. I was like, No, no, I can do this. Give me one more hour. One more hour, I can do it. I couldn't. Hi, I'm John Yeager, and this is Bloodworks 101, a monthly podcast produced by Bloodworks Northwest, a Seattle based nonprofit providing blood and blood products to almost 100 hospitals across the Pacific Northwest thanks to close to 250,000 generous donors and volunteers. About 2,000 people work for Bloodworks Northwest, people like my colleague Kristen Rohrenbach, who comes to us today with a good story, a great story. Kristen, what's this
1: one about?
2: I had the privilege of sitting down with Bloodworks trustee Molly Firth and Bloodworks medical director Dr. Kirsten Alcorn. Molly's a postpartum hemorrhage survivor, receiving multiple transfusions to save her life. This is a story of connection and digging deeper into what goes into saving a life when someone is having a hemorrhage. Here's Molly's story.
0: So uh, I went into childbirth uh, thinking that I was gonna have a natural delivery, which was hilarious in retrospect, cause I did not. <laughs> uh, and I uh, immediately had an epidural <laughs> and then I ended up laboring for a really long time. I was determined to push that baby out And I didn't know what I was having, so I was very excited and nervous and just kind of on edge about everything, but really excited to meet the baby. And after about four hours of pushing, well, after three hours of pushing, the doctor was like, you know, baby's not really dropping. I think we might need to do a C-section. And I was like, no, no, I can do this. Give me one more hour. One more hour, I can do it. I couldn't, um, but I tried <laughs> valiantly. And so they uh, prepped me um, to go into the OR for a C-section. And I remember looking at my doula and saying, oh, what's a C-section? Everybody has C-sections these days. Like, no big deal. This will be fine. Uh, I think I underestimated in general how traumatic a C-section can be. Um, but I also uh, remember them asking me my blood type and then pulling a sample of blood and then being told that they had to pull another sample because they always want two samples. And I was like, okay, well, I'm pause so here's my sample of blood. Then uh, the baby came out. Uh, it was a girl. I was stunned because uh, I was convinced I was having a boy because I really wanted a girl. And um, so uh, soon after that, I started feeling a lot of pain from what they were doing, and uh, started thinking, "Wow, these C sections—you actually feel quite a bit. <laughs> like nobody tells you that." Uh, and at some point, um, ended up losing consciousness. And woke up the next morning in the ICU very confused. Um, I was confused. I remember thinking, why am I in the hospital? Did I have a baby? Was I pregnant? Um, So all those thoughts of, you know, coming out of being under and just being very confused. Uh, And I learned in the ICU that I had lost a lot of blood. I had had a seven-unit blood transfusion. And they were very worried about my blood pressure. Uh, I didn't get to hold my baby until later that day they had to bring her up. I was by myself uh, most of the day and um, was in the ICU for the first two days basically of her life. So it was uh, very traumatic and not what I expected. You do not go into childbirth thinking that you're going to wake up in the ICU. You think you're going to have the experience that everyone has when they get to hold their baby and have skin to skin contact right away. And you just, what my experience was not what I thought it was going to be. I was bleeding at a rapid rate and that the placenta wasn't coming. At away from my uterus. And what they thought had happened was this uh, condition called placenta accreta, which was then confirmed in the pathology. If there wasn't blood there, I would not be here because it was coming out at a very rapid rate, apparently. I was in the hospital for four or five days. it, in the hospital, I didn't do anything to help care for the baby other than feed her uh, because I had a catheter. I wasn't really supposed to be carrying her for like six weeks because on top of a C-section, you know, just the additional trauma that my body sustained, it was so much worse than a normal C-section that it uh, it took a while um, to feel myself, and it took actually quite a while for my iron to come back up. Uh, It was a few weeks before my iron was at a level that they felt comfortable with. They were just pumping the blood in and trying to stop it from bleeding out. I was clearly in the right place (laughs) when it happened, thankfully. Um, It could have been a different outcome, but being in the hospital, having blood on hand was definitely the critical factor here in saving my life. I had a postpartum hemorrhage, and I needed significant blood transfusions, Um, and you know they expect some amount of hemorrhage when you give birth because there's a baby coming out of you, but the level of blood loss that I experienced was about six six liters.
2: After hearing Molly share her story, we sat down with Bloodworks Medical Director, Dr. Kirsten Alcorn, to learn about what goes on behind the scenes when a postpartum hemorrhage occurs. When a woman is is hemorrhaging in childbirth, how is Bloodworks involved typically?
1: So in our region, Bloodworks is primarily involved through the supply of blood and other blood products, including the red blood cells, the platelets, the plasma, and the cryoprecipitate. Those are the main four products that we use. And uh, so Bloodworks provides those to all of the regional hospitals. And then uh, each of those hospitals has to have a method to store the blood products, match them up with patients correctly, and get them out from the laboratory area to the patient care area. And that's the transfusion service. Each of those transfusion services needs to have a medical director and Bloodworks does provide medical staff to do that at many of our local hospitals. So what uh, most of us have is something along the lines of what we call a massive transfusion protocol, and that usually has uh, some special considerations when it occurs in an obstetric setting. And the main special consideration in the OB setting is that um, Women who are pregnant have very high fibrinogen levels, and those levels drop very rapidly in the setting of a peripartum hemorrhage. Fibrinogen is a protein made in the liver that has an important role in clotting. And so um, it goes up as a so-called acute phase reactant. When our bodies are reacting to something, it will go up. When we're pregnant, it goes up a lot, and it stays high for most of the pregnancy. So um, when we don't have enough, our body doesn't clot properly. And so we can uh, refill the tank, so to speak, just like with red blood cells. We can replace fibrinogen in the form of this blood product we call cryoprecipitate. Cryoprecipitate is made from plasma, and plasma is the liquid component of blood. When somebody donates whole blood, we separate it into components. We generally will make red blood cells, platelets, and plasma from it. Um, And then we can freeze the plasma. That's the the most common way that we store plasma. After it's frozen, we can thaw it in a refrigerator, and a little bit of proteinaceous material falls to the bottom. And that little blob of protein is uh, cryoprecipitate. So we remove that from the plasma, and we can transfuse it all on its own as cryoprecipitate. So one of the things that we do special for OB hemorrhages is to provide extra fibrinogen in the form of cryoprecipitate. I've been a trustee now for a couple years,
0: and... um, I just one day happened to be looking in my chart from Polyclinic. So because of the fact that Polyclinic is staffing the ICU um, at Swedish First Hill, there was I realized that there were a bunch of unread lab results, and I was like, "What are all these unread lab results?" And so I was going back through, and they were all from Clara's birth. And then I saw a familiar name because <laughs> I had met Dr. Alcorn early in my days at Bloodworks and so I was like oh look at that I see her name cool I'm going to email her and be like hey thanks for being a part of this and helping to save my life and it was just a nice like full circle moment which I've had many of in doing different advocacy work around maternal mortality and morbidity Um, and this was one of my favorite full circle moments to be able to say thank you to another person who was involved in helping to keep me alive. So I knew that Bloodworks was involved, but, and that's why I was on the board. That's what drew me to being on the board and being involved in the organization um, because I knew that without this organization, I wouldn't be here.
1: Well, I think it's, it's sweet and gratifying and it is nice to know when you touch somebody directly. And so thank you for sharing that. I'm glad that we had all of those processes in place. It's just an amazing thing to see in the laboratory, to be honest, when we have these massive transfusion situations because the laboratory staff uh, goes into this groove where they are really coordinated and moving quickly and following up and making sure everything that's needed at the bedside is there. There's a lot of different communication, and all of that stuff has to get coordinated. Uh, Cryoprecipitate, like I mentioned, it's stored frozen. Plasma is stored frozen. Red blood cells are refrigerated. Platelets are kept in an incubator at room temperature. So each one of these products is coming from a different part of the room, just to begin with, because they're in a different type of storage container. So just to get all of that together into a package and out the door, and um potentially in pieces because while the plasma is thawing the red cells can be getting mm-hmm. transfused so it's um it's really uh, kind of a beautiful thing so
2: are they um bringing you in when it becomes a more extreme case and then consulting with you along the way as this all progresses can you kind of explain how that might happen
1: sure we have a Uh, basically a trigger call anytime a massive transfusion protocol for any reason is called that physician on call gets paged so they know right away that something is going on and then we can gather from the initial information as to exactly how much involvement might be needed sometimes though it goes on a little bit longer and so that's when we tend to be more involved uh, when there's a larger volume of need
2: and so in Molly's case, I know you don't know the specifics, so you haven't looked, delved into specifics of Molly's mm. case, but someone like Molly's who's using, losing over six liters of their blood, how long of a process is that to figure it out, just to give, get some context? Probably
1: for a case like yours, the event was probably two to three hours long, would be my it guess. Might have been a little
0: bit longer.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, from the time of, like of it... Transitioning from a routine C-section to we're getting a lot of blood loss and let's transfuse a little bit to see how we can do to, oh, no, this is a lot of blood loss and we really need to turn on that massive transfusion protocol to all the stuff they're doing surgically mm-hmm. to help resolve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in your case, that would have been a significant amount yeah. because a placenta accreta, that's exactly what it is. The placenta is stuck in the uterus, and that requires surgical attention. So this will take some time to resolve uh, while the surgical issue is being dealt with and then uh, the patient is being closed after that. And then uh, there are all of these metabolic and physiologic changes that happen when you have a hemorrhage um, called coagulopathy of hemorrhage because our coagulation system just doesn't work normally and it requires all of this transfusional support
0: i think also the like you don't just lose blood and get blood you get blood in different combinations right and so it's actually funny because i realized had this light bulb moment within the last year that i didn't actually get seven units transfused i got seven units of red blood cells transfused and like a little magical combination of cryoprecipitate platelets and plasma and I haven't exactly like what it was but for in my mind being totally uneducated on this beforehand like I was just like oh well I lost six and a half liters I got seven liters like that makes sense to me and what I didn't understand was that it was actually more than that I think when I added it up it was like 16 you it's total.
2: It's like this mathematical connection yes. that we don't realize happens. Yeah, it's it's like
0: so easy to just think about the like somebody gave blood, the <laughs> blood came to me, cool. Like that's awesome. <laughs> but when you like have to understand like all the work that goes on very quickly to separate the blood out into the components, to make sure it gets to the right places. I mean it's all so fascinating and crazy and that's why this is such an important operation as an organization. I mean, it's just so much bigger. And then you get beyond that and realize that it's so much more than just the, like, transfusion piece and that
1: we're doing all this research and Center for Bleeding Disorders and all this other cool stuff. Pretty much anything that touches blood or blood therapeutic, we do it. You're there. Yeah. You're in it. We're doing it. and Yeah. Um that's a big commitment and something that our healthcare teams take really seriously. So I really love educating the community, getting people excited to understand why they should and would be interested in donating blood. If you aren't going to roll up your sleeve and donate some some blood product, that's fine. There are a lot of ways to participate. And I think that that's one of the great things about it because There is a way for everybody who's interested in supporting the blood supply, blood research, uh, taking care of patients through any kind of blood-related therapeutic to participate with Bloodworks and help keep it going and move it forward.
0: Thanks, Kristen. Well, that's about it for today's edition of Bloodworks 101. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Bloodworks 101, or if you have an idea for an amazing story we should follow up on please contact us at www.bloodworksnw.org. I'm your host, John Yeager. Thanks for listening.